Welcome to the Power Kid Podcast, the premier and longest running podcast focused on the modern toy and entertainment industry. Power Kid is an award-winning design and development firm, and we are a proud member of the Adventure Media and Events Podcast Network family. Adventure Media is the publisher of your favorite industry publications, including the Toy Book, the Toy Insider, and the Pop Insider. I am your host, Phil Albritton, and I bring you great conversations with talented people making amazing products for kids. Toys, books, games, TV, movies, I bring them to you here every episode. Welcome aboard. Hello, 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 Power Kids, and welcome to another Power Kid podcast. Guys, every episode, it is my honor and joy to bring you these conversations with great people from all over the world, making great things for a kid. I have an exciting show for us today. Angie Sella is on the line with me. Let me introduce you to Angie. Since 2014, she has been working on her styling toy that adds sparkle to your hair. The Blinger journey took her through Kickstarter campaigns and several self-funded designs until she landed a licensing deal with Wicked Cool Toys, where it has become a phenomenal bestseller. Angie has published a book about her journey, and she's here today to share her story. Angie, welcome to the show. Thank you, Phil. How are you? I'm doing great. And, and <laughs> all the more so that I've got you on the line and we're going to talk about this great product and your wonderful journey. And uh, your, your book is just, it's tremendous. Uh, I loved it. It's a page turner and uh-huh. so much inspiration found in that book. And we're going to talk more about that. But I want to start right off the bat by speaking to the inventors that are listening to the show right now. This book is full of inspiration. It's full of advice and, and joy and struggle and all of the things that we deal with day to day. And so I really, really encourage my listeners to go out and check out this book. And we're going to talk more about that. But I always start with the same question first. Angie, how did you get to be a part of the toy industry? Uh, through Blinger, through my product. I I found them or they found me, <laughs> a little mixture of both. And I, you know, I, I designed the product to be a product for women of all ages. But, you know, the toy um, industry uh, started noticing me on different Kickstarters. And I thought, you know, it seems like this is a natural fit. They know more than me about their industry and they like it. So, I, um, I started, I, I took it to, I'm kind of jumping ahead, but you know, I ended up taking it to, uh, the toy fair in Dallas and it was a hit. So the toy industry just embraced you, uh, after all this work and let's step back because Angie, you had put a ton of work and effort into Blinger in launching those Kickstarters. I want you to take us back to that time. Okay. Where, where were you in life? What was it like to launch those Kickstarters? This was a big, big risk for you. Yes, absolutely. Um, it didn't feel like a risk, though, I have to say, because I was really passionate about the product and the idea of the product. You know, looking back, I'm like, oh, my gosh, that was such a risk, you know, in different places. <laughs> I was like, what was I thinking? But um, at the time, you know, when you're passionate about something and you just see it, even if no one else can see it, you you. So the risk doesn't feel as risky, if you will. And it just, it feels like just something you have to do. So um, at the time and still today, I was a single mom. I have four kids and they were, 
you know, years younger <laughs> in 2014 and 15, but the idea came to me in a dream uh, in 2014 and I loved it as soon as I woke up that morning and thought this, this would be a great product for women, for, yeah. you know, teenagers, girls. And, um, started trying to figure out a way to make a device that could do what I saw in my dream. Let's talk about that dream. Um, okay. uh, what, what did you see in your dream? Was it the mechanism? Was it just the ability to put jewels in your hair? What, what did you see? No. And, but before I tell you, it's, it's kind of funny. My son Christian says that I really didn't invent anything because it came to me in a dream. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the litmus test now? If, yes. it, if it's a dream, then no, it's, it's not it legitimate. Really count. Yeah. Okay. No. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I don't You're really think... not that smart, mom. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anybody would, uh, would hear that uh, at yeah. all, Angie. I, I think you're, you're absolutely funny. an inventor. And the fact that you followed your dream yeah. is just a testament to that. So I, I think you. it's phenomenal. Yeah. So yeah, tell us but, about the dream. Yes. But let me, yeah, let me, answer that question because it's funny. No, it was, um, I was in a sorority house and which is funny because I, I wasn't in a sorority house in college. Um, but I, this girl was walking in this hallway and I needed a flat iron for my hair. And I asked her if, um, I could borrow, if she, if she had one that I could borrow and the funny thing is she had dark, wavy hair. So like, I don't know. I don't know why I asked her. She was the only one there. And she <laughs> took me into this room and um, there were clothes and books everywhere. And I went up to this dresser and she handed me this flat iron and left. And I started flat ironing my hair. But every time I squeezed it together, there were two little crystals in my hair that were, as I slid it down, more crystals started showing up in my hair. And that was it. That was my dream. So it, unfortunately, it did not give me the design mechanism. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. That, that's what you would, you would want that dream to like segue into like a schematic uh, and say, look, this is, drawing. Yeah, this is how we get this down to 10 parts and produce this. And that's here's right. your, manu you know, here's your manufacturer. And yeah, um, yeah. Right. dreams don't work that way, do they? <laughs> no, unfortunately not. No. Okay. So, so you wake up. And uh, of course, you are this consummate engineer with all of this engineering and manufacturing knowledge. And so you know exactly what to do oh. next, oh, Is, yeah. right? That's part yes. of it, right? <laughs> yes, because I have all those degrees. <laughs> what, okay, no, so, I, so what did you do? Well, I, I am creative and I like doing things with my hands, like, you know, building things, fairy houses, <laughs> those kinds of things. And, um, so, um, but the first thing I did was I, I woke up my daughter and I put, uh, rhinestones. I just stuck them in her hair hmm. and, um, luckily they didn't damage her hair. Cause don't do that. If the kids, if their kids listen to this, I, that's not safe for right. hair. Not all of them are safe for hair, but, um, those were, and I told her to go play and they stayed in. So that was kind of like my first like test as, you know, will they stay in if we put them in the hair? And then, um, now, just so I don't forget to say this, we use a safe um, medical tape that's safe for hair and skin. Perfect. Um, anyhow, so, um, and then my, when those stayed in after she played and she brushed them out and they came right out, I, that I was, oh, I was on fire. I was so excited. And I thought, all we need to do now is make a device. And much simpler said than done, I started 
you know, it was all I could think about was what kind of device, what it would look like, how, what it would need to do to function, but I'm not an engineer. And, you know, there's a lot of, um, mechanical, uh, just a mechanical thought process that, you know, I am creative, but I'm not that creative and I'm not that talented or, or just have that skill set. So, um, I basically started looking for engineers that could, you know, help me come up with something. And that's really when the journey started getting hard. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Basically day one. <laughs> Creating a device that would automatically put uh, these rhinestones, these, these gems yeah. in uh, your hair. So tell us about that experience going from uh, several engineering firms uh, until finally you arrive at, at what you think works. And then what costs out correctly? Because that's a huge component of this. You had to reduce the piece count uh, to get something that was commercially viable. So yeah, t- tell us about that. Okay. So the interesting thing about the device now, when you see it, it's like, oh, it's obvious. But, and to me, when I first thought of making a device that you know first few days, I thought, oh, this will be simple. And the problem with the, the product, I guess, was the... Um, there were so many tiny little nuances with the glue and the size of the stones and having a mechanism, um, a lot of times a manual mechanism, it's not electric or battery mm-hmm. charge, um, is more complicated to, to design because it ha- it's just, it's just has to work every time, you know, like a stapler or, right. you know, right. It can't they, jam. It can't it, lock up. Right. It can't tangle up in the hair. That's right. right. Yeah. yeah. And you've got hair. Oh my gosh. It's organic, you know, <laughs> your hair. It's like, Oh, that's just like a, a, a whole thing in and of itself. So, um, so the first engineer I actually talked to said, I don't believe you're going to be able to do this. And he kind of said he didn't believe that, me, me personally, I was going to be able to see it through. Mm, <laughs> I don't wow, know why. Wow. And I was like, oh. And then I found it. I kept going. And um, a second, um, the first engineer I hired, um, he, I and he ended up hiring. Um, I'm just going to jump through this. I ended up h- hiring five engineers over four years, and I used all my savings. I went into debt. I tried to find investors along the way, um, and I'll come back to that in a little bit, but. The, what I learned over those four years was quite a bit. I learned a lot about manufacturing, tooling, um, plastic, um, it, number of parts. Like you said, the, the first working prototype I had, um, it had um, 18 plastic parts and then several other parts, you know, that you can buy off the shelf. But the plastic parts are what cost the money and they keep costing you because I, I, for a long time, I, I saw the tooling, building the tooling, which is this big, you know, number sometimes the 25 to hundred thousand dollars more, yes, I'm sure yes. in some cases, um, <clears throat> it was the big number to me, but really it's how many parts, how, how small or big they are. Those are the, the costs that keep costing you and you, you keep paying for it. That's running on that tool. Um, and so, you know, uh, to have the to have the right price point in the toy market and really even the women's market, I needed to be less. I, I learned. I figured out. <laughs> took me maybe a couple years, but I finally learned. I needed to be less than ten parts, ten plastic parts, for the type of device it was. I mean, though it, though I considered it a hair tool, and you know, 
curling irons, flat irons, blow dryers. Those are, I mean, I, sad to say, I've spent $150 on a sure. flat iron sure. for my daughter once. And the, you know, they can be expensive, but this was not, you know, electric. There were things about it that were, weren't going to allow us to be in that kind of pricing. So, um, <clears throat> unless we made it out of like, I don't know, Swarovski crystals, but or <laughs> you know, well, I mean, you know, the, um, so we really need to be 10 plastic parts or less. And my fifth engineer, um, I went to him. I, he was up, uh, he was actually one of the guys I was interviewing to do the job in 2017. And I chose someone else over him who did, was supposed to develop a product with 10 or less plastic parts. And they may, actually increase the parts to 22. It was this insanely complex design. Mm. So then instead of going back to the guy that I hadn't chosen, the guy image, I hired another guy because a friend referred him to me at the, just the right moment. And he, he was terrible. He was, <laughs> he was just a mess and took the rest of my money that I mm. um, had. And, um, but I did do a Kickstarter because I was on a TV show with uh, Steve Harvey's Thunderdome because they saw one of my Kickstarters that had failed the year before yeah. and I'd filmed it. And then that launched and then another um, toy company uh, saw me on that show and um, they um, they did a little advance situation with me and then we couldn't come to terms in the contract I didn't even know about the advance. It was worked into the terms. And I, by that point, I trusted my lawyer completely. So when we couldn't come to terms of the contract, the toy company asked me, where do you want us to send the check? And I was clearly confused by that question. So I asked my attorney, what is she talking about with a check? And um, and he uh, he said, yeah, it was, you know, I, I made sure that was in the contract because they were showing your product to some people. Right. And it was not my product. The final product we have now is the the second or third design. Anyway, so I got a little money from that and I got a little money back from uh, from the last Kickstarter I did. And I hired the guy that I had looked at hiring a year before and within 30 days he developed a working prototype the blinger yeah, <laughs> it took yeah. me four years but in 30 days he uh, did it he had the vision it's so important to partner with people that have that yeah. same vision and understand what you're trying to do what i keep hearing you say angie and you've used this term a couple of times you kept going you kept going you, yeah. you, you had people tell you this is terrible I, I i you know i don't it says i don't think this idea will work and it then turn it personal. Like, I don't think you can yeah. do that. That, that is just uh, gut wrenching yeah. to hear. <laughs> yeah. And it did. That actually set me back a couple of days. And then yeah. I, I said, Oh, who is he to decide what I can and can't do? <laughs> oh, well done. Well done. Yeah. So that's what I want to talk about. I think it's a great point here to interject this conversation. Um, advice for new inventors. Um, how should they know when to keep going, when to keep trying? A lot of rejection, but at the same time, I think there were several people along your path that did see your vision and, and want to get on board. And then I want to finish that conversation with a question about Wicked Cool and what they saw in the product and what really sparked that relationship. Yeah. In my case, it was very rare that someone got it. And even today when I share the product with people, I can tell they're like not really getting it. So 
I don't as much anymore, but I started just carrying it around in my purse with some, some discs in, in there in a little uh, plastic case. Mm -hmm. And I would just (laughs) whip it out, load it, throw five crystal, you know, rhinestones in my hair in 10 seconds flat. And then their eyes light up and I can see they, they get it. And that's basically it's, it, it was until I had the prototype it was a tough sell. I was the only one in my dream <laughs> that, the, that had the vision. Right, right. <laughs> and so I think for, you know, you really need to somehow get it across, figure out a way for what you're seeing for them to see. And sometimes it's dumbing it down. Sometimes it's, you know, getting into more complex details so that you can simplify it later for others. I mean, if if it's confusing, you know, the mind automatically says no, if they can't see it. And a lot of the people that I was working with were men who Uh, don't have hair, who don't get, why would I want that? (laughs) And, um, and nothing against them. It's just, you know, and, and then a lot of men got it and they were great. It was great. So, um, you don't have to have hair to get it, but you know, it helps to have something um, actual, you know, tangible that you can show people of your vision that will help ever just, you know, what, even if it's something you DIY in your garage, it doesn't matter, you know, and unfortunately with my device, I couldn't quite do that. But if you can do that, that's, that's great. That's sometimes good enough. And then, so if you need investors or partners or whatever. Yeah. Well, and I imagine you've run into the situation as well where you explain the idea and somebody might say, you know what? That sounds neat. That sounds like that could be an yeah. item, but show me. Right. Show yeah. me. We're, we're such show a show, show me industry. So and that's where that, that prototype was important. From listening to your story, you don't have a manufacturing background, but yet at some point along your journey, you learned how important the prototype was to what you were trying to build. Who or what keyed you in on that? Uh, where, you know, where did you learn that? When did you learn that in the process? And then mm-hmm. I want to talk about the risk of prototyping because there is a significant time element to that. There is a significant cost element to that. And it is really where the rubber meets the road. Tell us about prototyping. Yeah. Well, it's um, funny. The, uh, in my book, I don't really talk about any of the engineering firms I worked with because I don't want, um, I just, there's, you know, sometimes a lot of these engineering firms did a great job for other people. I was referred to some of them, but, you know, for whatever reason, it didn't work for my product. Firm two uh, helped me a lot learning about the manufacturing process. The uh, the gentleman that owned that company was really great at spending as as much time as it seemed I needed <laughs> to teach me some things about the whole process. So I uh, really uh, appreciated everything he taught me about, you know, and it wasn't so much, it, I learned more about manufacturing, but what I learned in discussing uh, manufacturing with him is manufacturing is expensive and you don't want to get to manufacturing without a, a product that has been tested and retested. And, um, and it is, and, and I'm time, oh, time is a, a killer. I know for me, and I'm guessing for most entrepreneurs, it's like, we can't move fast enough. <laughs> and so that's going to be a challenge for you. And I will tell you, I probably lost by going fast, 
I ended up taking probably a couple years longer than I should have with the <laughs> product. So try to slow down as best you can. Go through, just trust that that it's better to fail in the small steps in the beginning than after you're in bigger, more expensive steps later and redoing those steps. Um, so I would say, um, and that's what prototyping does. It just works out all the kinks. It's just the random things you hadn't thought of. And if you, um, and di trying different materials um, and just uh, doing all that testing. And then once you've done you know, all the prototyping and you, and you, you can even re-engineer the product a little bit to be more manufacturable. That's something that happened, um, actually with the manufacturer there, uh, they can be really great at helping to make it, um, easier to assemble, which brings your costs down and also just makes it easier for, uh, them. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of things in China are assembled by hand, I know I thought before I went to China that, you know, it was all these machines that put everything together, but it's people. It's yes. people actually yes. assembling um, a lot of the products, at least. And and I know that must be true for a lot of the products, not just mine, because when I walked into the factory and I saw the people sitting there in front of the conveyor belt with, you know, one blingers floating down the, mm -hmm. <laughs> the belt. Sure. Um the first thing they said to me is, you thought it was automated, didn't you? And I yeah. said, yeah, actually, <laughs> I that's what I thought. This would be an automated process. No, no. So um, prototyping is super important and and there'll be more after you. And but, but also, it doesn't have to have every feature or every aspect that you envisioned to take it to market. So don't you don't have to have the final, final, final to launch a product. You can launch with a, a basic version of your vision as long as it works, of course. Sure. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. So, so once I had the prototype, I, um, for, it's been four years since my dream. And, um, and I, and I want to let you know, one of the things that kept me going and it's, something that keeps me going every day, actually, um, was I have a very strong faith in God. And I had a second dream that I didn't tell you. And in that dream, uh, it was with God. And he said, I want you to make this product. Hmm. And wow. that was a few wow. weeks after the first one. And <laughs> I think in my book, I kind of joke around. I was like, he had to make it clear for me because I'm a little <laughs> slow. <laughs> and um, so... It became a very uh, spiritual journey for me. And it also, I think, was part of why, like we were talking about in the beginning, how I just, it was, I was compelled to do this. I was, you know, filled with the Holy Spirit or what, you know, it was, it wasn't my decision. At, I mean, and I've had some, you know, friends of mine say, you were so obedient. You were so obedient. And I'd love to say, oh, I'm such a great Christian. I was such an obedient Christian, but I was filled with a compelling, I can't describe, like it, I, I, I do like to think I'm obedient, but I'm also human. <laughs> and it was also very hard. So when I was writing the book, actually, and looking back at some moments, I'll share one here in a second. I, I can't describe it. And it, it's actually hard to even uh, recapture the feeling uh, that I had at the time because it, 
it was just not a choice. I had to do this and, and I was asked to do it and I was following orders, if you will, but I really didn't feel it was a choice. It was something that I had to do. And, and same with the book. I, I felt at one point that he made it, the journey was meant to be hard, uh, so that there would be a story there. Um, and so that, and then through that story, I could share maybe my faith and uh, my relationship with Christ, with other people. That's beautiful. And and having that rooting and that grounding and, and the faith and belief, um, no doubt helped you to get through those moments. You know, it, it's absolutely it's sort of easy to ignore the engineer that says you can't do it mm-hmm. when there's someone on high telling you that you can. Oh, you just gave me chills. <laughs> Holy God. <Ghost>. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's what um that that's where, you know, when when things um got hard, I I just turned to him. I and I I did feel, you know, uh one of my favorite verses in the Bible. I'm going to mess it up, but he who is in me is uh greater than he who is in the world. Mm. And that's where I turned because I know, you know, he can make anything happen. It doesn't matter if everyone else says it's impossible. So, and then I think he likes to use people like me that are the long shots. So then you're like, oh yeah, God must have been involved. <laughs> he had to have been there. <laughs> well, and she did it. So, yeah. And and it, it's great to know that, uh, that he's not the only one that believed in you because you've got the guys at Wicked Cool that find I themselves know, in a really know, good company. I know, I know. Gotta t- I got to tell you how I met them. They're the best too. Yeah, they're the guy, so they're awesome. They're in I love really those guys. They're a really good company as, as proponents and believers in this product. So I know, well, well done, I know, guys. I know. Uh, I love yeah. them. Jeremy, Michael, the whole team there, Herb, uh, Stephanie, Crystal, they're all amazing group of people. And I'm still working with them. Like it's just you know, it's been years now, but let me tell you. So what happened was after the prototype, um, I was out of money. Um, no, I was a lot of debt. Um, and I, um, I tried to get investors for years. No one was interested. And so I went to my kids. We had a beautiful house that I'd gotten into in a foreclosure situation after my divorce. So I already had equity in it. And I, I went to my kids and I said, what if we sell the house and I'll just build the tool myself in China uh, mm. for Blinger. Wow. And they all looked at me like, you know, um, I had three heads or, you know, <laughs> you, can, you know what, is, what are you really asking us, you know? And um, they're kids, but my oldest, Cambria, she said, you got to do it, mom. And, um, I, and I was like, all I needed was that, just that. And I said, all right, we're doing it. And we sold the house half of our belongings and I rented a townhome and, um, we moved in the five of us and our three dogs and it was awful because <laughs> it was so <laughs> small and we were doubled up in rooms. And so, um, but we made it work. I built the tool in China over the summer and, uh, um, about two days, uh, before a uh, toy fair in Dal- I was in my hotel, my, um, my product, my first hundred, um, piece run arrived to my hotel room in Dallas. Um, two days before the women in toys event, um, was on Monday. And then the show started on Tuesday where I had a booth 
And by Monday night, I was the talk of the show and the show hadn't even started. It was starting the next morning from the Women in Toys event. And just, I met Michael and Jeremy um, at that event. I met with Walmart. I ended up meeting with several other uh, toy companies that were interested and they, they, they booked, they got me into, um, into the, they have these private curtain off rooms where you can meet with, um, um, toy companies and Walmart at this event. It was amazing. And by the end of that night, um, we, it was, I was, like I said, it was like, I was going to, I was, there was so much talk uh, and, and people were coming up to me and saying, you know, you're the head of you're you're already the head of the show. Mm, you're like, wow. and it was amazing. And the next day, um, uh, it was crazy at the booth. Walmart came by. Um, they were interested. And um, I met with the, you know, the head of the toy department basically. And, um, and she was awesome. And, tough, you know, you couldn't really tell if she was, you know, but I respected that so much. I was like, okay, I think she was interested, but who knows? <laughs> <laughs> and I just, you know, um, but it also caught, it was so, it was ex- so exciting and I had the tool and I was going to be the manufacturer and I was going to, de- to, you know, Walmart put an order and I was going to deliver it, but it was also so many people and so many orders and so many things that all of a sudden this, Oh, it was, it became very overwhelming. Like, I don't know how to fulfill the next 30 steps. And at this point it was no longer, uh, you know, not that I wasn't pushing for four years, believe it or not, I was pushing very hard to get a prototype as quickly as possible. Um, At this point it, it wasn't like, if I didn't succeed in getting a prototype, it was only affecting me. But with this, if I didn't succeed in fulfilling an order with Walmart, it was affecting every, I mean, there goes everything, you know, like I, I, this had to work. Um, so I'll just keep, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm talking so long here. No, but, but, no it's, it's, it's what I describe as yeah. pushing the boulder up the mountain and then getting to the top and it starts to go down the other side yeah. and you have to keep up with it. Right, right. It is, it is that, that peak moment. Everybody yeah. looks for that peak moment. And sometimes That's what they don't realize analogy. is that, that gravity gets, you know, gravity yes, comes into effect. It took over. <laughs> you, you better, you better keep up with it. Uh, that's right. It's so good. It's so that's, good. That's a great analogy. And that's how I felt. So I, um, thank you for that because that's like really cool analogy, but, um, I, I, there, I didn't feel I could keep up with that boulder. And so I ended up licensing it to, um, you know, basically Michael and Jeremy, yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> they just happened to own wicked cool toys. <laughs> Fantastic. But I love those guys. Yeah. No, and I no. loved all the women in toys. I have to give them a shout out because they, I mean, these women, they wanted to help. They were there. They were excited for me. They, anything I needed to know, they, they spent, uh, some of those women spent have, especially after, even after the event have spent hours with me on the phone, helping me, guiding me, encouraging me. Um, so it's just an incredible organization. 
It really is. It really is. Mm -hmm. So as you look into the future now, um, do you have ideas that you want to pursue new products? And then I want to talk to you about uh, your book. You've published the book that tells your story. And I think this conversation has been a great uh, tease for our listeners. And I think they'll want to reach out and purchase the book and learn all of the details about your journey. So yeah, tell us about the future. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. So my um, book launched um, October 5th. So we're I'm so excited. It's in Barnes and Noble. It's on Amazon, Walmart. And I think it's online at Walmart. I don't think it's in the store. And I'm really excited because I get to share my faith. I get to share, you know, my secret weapon (laughs) with God. And, um, but also it's really also, I, I wanted it to help people. I wanted to help entrepreneurs. I wanted to help anyone that has an idea and they just don't know what to do next. What's the next step. And, so um, I'm really I'm really looking forward to see what kind of impact it might have. It would be great if it could um, help others to, you know, just be inspired and encouraged to pursue their own dreams and to know that we all we all ac- absolutely have a purpose. Um, and finding out what that is and getting on track with why we're here, why we matter, everyone matters, and just knowing that, that you're important and that you're, there's just not any dumb ideas. I don't know. Mm. There might be a couple out there. I don't know. (laughs) know? (laughs) I'm kidding. No, I mean, you, you, sometimes the, what you think is the idea will, you'll learn on the journey is really to take you someplace else. And, you know, we, we don't know what that is unless we try. And so I just really hope that it'll encourage people to try, just go for it, you know, try what, what, you know, I, I talk about what's the worst that can happen. And once you figure out what the worst that can, that it is that can happen for you, it's usually not that bad. It's usually like, oh, well, if that happens, if that's the worst that can happen from this, then I'll survive, you know, and I'll, I'll, I'll figure out something from there. So that's what I hope the book does. That's really my goals with the book. And then um, and then I'm so excited that you asked because, you know, the whole vision of my product was this was a, um, a tool for women of all ages, not just little uh, girls. And um, so I just launched Bijou and it's been amazing. Um, and Bijou is B-I- J-O-U. It means, um, it's French. It means jewel in French. And it's, um, I took it to an event in Vegas, Cosmoprof, a beauty show. And it was, it, it was welcomed. We had a huge welcoming and response to it. Um, I went there with my oldest daughter, Cambria, who's, you know, basically running the business now. <laughs> Right, right. And um, she and I were just amazed. There were, it was there were women waiting in line to get you know the crystals in their hair and just feeling beautiful and um, sparkly, and it was just incredible the response. So we've got um, Bijou uh, launched. Uh, it kind of debuted there, but we've really launched it this month and. The response has been amazing, kind of like Blinger, um, but for women. And it's going to be sold in hair hair salons and uh, Bloomingdale's actually is really excited about the product and some other uh, great retailers. So look for that. 
probably more in 2022 as we're as we're uh, ramping up now to sell that product. That's amazing. So, so the original intent of this uh, for for girls and women of all ages uh, is also coming true, which is yeah, <laughs> which yeah. is just I know it only uh, took me seven years. <laughs> that's it. That, that's that, that's the cherry on top uh, yeah. of the whole story, uh, yeah, Angie. This has been you. absolutely amazing and, and, and inspirational. Thank you for coming on and sharing your story, your honesty, your perseverance, your faith. Um, it's just, just wonderful. Um, how can people reach out to you, find out more about Blinger, of course, purchase your book. And you mentioned some of the places they can find your book, but want to give you the opportunity to, uh, to reach out and, and help people get involved in what you're doing. Well, Blinger, um, on Instagram, it's a, uh, official Blinger. Um, and then, um, Angie Sella official, um, is my personal Instagram. And then Bijou Blinger is the um, Instagram and also the website. Um, so B-I-J-O-U Blinger, B-L-I-N-G-E-R.com. The website's pretty cool because it's, it, you can, if you want to find out more about the book, you can do that. If you want to find out more about me and um, the journey and kind of me and the kids, um, that's there. And then you can also get links to Blinger and eventually um, they'll be able to buy Bijou there. So it's a great site for everything. <laughs> Wonderful. What, just a great journey. Guys, reach out, find out more. Check out this book. I can't recommend it highly enough. It's just really, really great. Angie, this has been a pleasure. Thank you for coming Thank on the show. Phil. You're awesome. I appreciate it. I'm so glad we did this. For sure. And we'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to the Power Kid Podcast. If you like what you hear, subscribe so that you never miss an episode and leave a good review on iTunes. This helps us find more great listeners just like you. Remember also to check out the other shows that are a part of the Adventure Media and Events Podcast Network family. This show is brought to you by the Power Kid Design and Development Team. We are a full-service design and development studio serving the toy and game industry for over 20 years. Our partners, large and small, rely on us for invention, concept development, packaging, branding, prototyping, and much more. You can find me on my LinkedIn page, check out the website at PowerKidDesign.com, or email me directly, phil at PowerKidDesign.com. I am always happy to connect and help you develop your next great product. It's been an honor to spend this time with you today. Now go out and make something great. And remember, you are creative because you were created. God bless, and I'll see you next episode.